Welcome, listener. You've pressed play on the latest episode of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your audio dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. How's it going? My name's Robert Kerr, your host as always on the program. We have a bit of a special, different episode with um, May Soccer Madness being well and truly on. We've got a two-parter. We're going to talk to, or we I have talked to, Ryan McCutch, the director of media of AFC Ann Arbor, and we're going to walk through uh, their awesome return to action after two years away from competition. Both the men's and the women's hit the field of action for the first time since 2019, and he's been with the club the whole time. So a great perspective Ryan McCutch from AFC Ann Arbor, and we're also going to have a LaRouge Report segment recorded in the aftermath of whatever happens in this U.S. Open Cup round of 32 of Detroit City FC versus Louisville, uh, a dominant power in USL championship coming in uh, to Keyworth Stadium with a whole bunch of off-the-field rumblings. It will be a truly unique event, so we're going to be do a bit of a time warp. We are going to hear about the weekend, Saturday and Sunday with AFC Ann Arbor, and then Tuesday night from the scene of the U.S. Open Cup. Big game in Hamtramck. A couple notes from the busy weekend. Uh, most of the summer club soccer kicked off. Uh, USL W, a new division of women's soccer, kicked off over the weekend. Uh, a rebranded uh, Corktown AFC hosted AFC Ann Arbor's women on Saturday night. We're going to hear about that in our interview with Ryan. Um, as well as Detroit City FC hosted Kalamazoo FC's women's side to a 1-1 draw. Um, and then Midwest Premier League continued in their early season action, seeing Inter-Detroit get a road win against the Jaguars. And Detroit City AFC, actually, <laughs> you would not, because <laughs> there's a lot of focus on the Open Cup game on Tuesday, but they did uh, take their first loss in quite some time on the road to Tulsa. Many key figures in DCFC's team did not make that trip. Uh, at the weekend for league play, and you think they are being held back for Tuesday night's game. So, um, more notables from the weekend. Um, we are going to hear about the 14-year-old goal scorer for Ann Arbor. We also have to make another note of Lansing area's Amalia Villarreal. The 16-year-old was an absolute star in the uh, U.S. women's national team U-17 side that uh, dominated the CONCACAF champions uh, championship and uh, thus qualified for the U-17 World Cup. So tip of the hat, some very young women doing some amazing things uh, here in Michigan or from Michigan. In Amelia's case, that championship was elsewhere, but absolutely fantastic. These young women are taking the game to a whole nother level. All these notes and much more coverage, especially high school-wise, uh, really the intersection of Michigan soccer where your coach whether you're a player, whether you're a fan, at MI Soccer Central across all social media platforms is your spot. If you want all the coverage you could possibly uh, consume from every level, at MI Soccer Central across all the social media platforms.
All right, I'll leave the running order up to Jenny Hajnaki, our editor. I'm not sure how to piece it together, but uh, we got a little bit of a time work going. We're going to hear about Saturday and Sunday with AFC Ann Arbor's Ryan Makic, and we're also going to have a LaRouge report to see what happens in this Open Cup game, Detroit City FC versus uh, Louisville City. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the other side on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. I'm very excited to welcome in my next guest. Uh, he has been with AFC Ann Arbor since pre-pandemic and over the past weekend, both the men's and the women's side uh, came back to uh, play on the field. So I'd uh, like to welcome in Ryan McCooch, Director of Media at AFC Ann Arbor. Welcome to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you for having me, Robert. It's a pleasure. Yeah, like I said, we'll get to uh, kind of how it all played out to where AFC Ann Arbor was away from the field uh, for two years. So um, I had met you and we played against you. Uh, my Oakland County FC had played Ann Arbor. So I met you pre-pandemic when you're with the club. And there's two years away. And over the past weekend, Saturday away, the women played in Flint. And then Sunday, you hosted Oakland County FC at the home venue. Um you wrote a great diary article on the AFC Ann Arbor website, kind of walking us through, but I'd like to hear it from you. How, how was that weekend after two years away? Uh, how, how was that weekend of returning to the action with uh, not one, but two games? It really was stellar on all fronts. I know that everyone was very enthused coming into the season about this opening weekend. It was highlighted in bright yellow for most people around the club, and it really didn't disappoint. I know that the trip up to Flint was something that the Main Street Hooligans were really looking forward to. And despite the result, uh, Chloe Ricketts really made an impact immediately with her play. Her goal was incredible. Her play down the left wing really, I think, opened eyes to a lot of people in the division that even though she's 14 year years old, she's meant to be taken very seriously as a player. But it was an extremely exciting first opportunity for the fans and the staff and the, the players and the coaches to really see and feel the community coming out and coming up to Flint, really, to support. And like I mentioned, despite the result, it was, it was a very positive and firm first step forward, I believe. So the, the women's game, you know, that was very exciting. But the home opener... And the excellent result against Oakland County is something that, you know, has just continued the buzz and not just on the field, you know, the, the five nil result is excellent. And I know the team and the staff are very proud of it, but at the same time off the field, whether it was Blake Corum, University of Michigan running back, accepting the Bank of Ann Arbor Community Award, or some of the members of the women's team uh, giving story time to young attendees or young or old attendees for Mother's Day. Uh, it, it's something that was very exciting to see. And I know that everyone in the community that went out uh, really appreciated it. And the, the gorgeous weather and the result, like I said, you know, it, it, only an extra feather in the cap. So what a fantastic weekend for you. Uh, uh, a car great carpool of fans to help uh, the women's side. And from your uh, kind of notebook of the weekend, uh, it seemed like they were shorthanded a bit. And even the young um, Chloe Ricketts played the full 90 minutes. Absolutely. There had been some issues with clearance regarding the league for a handful of players. But as I mentioned in my piece, the 
world-class mentality of the women are it's top-notch and it really hasn't phased either the players playing or the players not playing uh nor the staff and like you mentioned chloe ricketts was able to play the full 90 minutes and really held up the entire 90 minutes i something that i noted in my piece was that it's not just her ability with the ball at her feet but it's the movement off the ball it's her hold up play it's her it's her mind for the game that's really that's really the standout for me so players like her and you know obviously it wasn't just her uh brooklyn whitehead who played at striker led the line with her pressing ability the midfield was very strong uh claire callahan was all over the place and uh, player coach Olivia Brannon had to step up in at center back in the defense to to make some vital clearances and some vital plays there. So it was it was a real team effort. And despite the the shorthanded nature, the fact that the team was able to really rally around the performance was, I thought, very exciting to see. Yeah, this first week definitely uh, a challenge to to some. Uh, this weekend <laughs> we'll get to that what was the scene like in flint because uh, your opponents uh it said you said that uh, uh a good amount of fans carpooled up north to uh flint where uh flint city afc was actually making their debut um up there uh kind of lay lay the how, how did it look up there in in the stadium was was there some Flint support and about how many guys came with you? How, what, what did it look like? What was the atmosphere like up there? Sure. So if memory serves me correctly, this is the first time that AFC Ann Arbor has gone to Flint for a league match. So the atmosphere, especially among the traveling support, was very boisterous, very excited. The, the typical home support were there. The crowd was excellent. Uh, full support. And I think the exciting thing was with so many new players, especially, I don't think they realized just how, how merry the support is for the, for AFC and Arbor and the, and the love that the mainstream hooligans have for the side. So being able to see the players realize that was very cool and being, being able to, to sit with them and make some observations for my piece that you've pointed on the pointed out on the AFC and Arbor website was very fun. It was nice to see the players interacting with them. Uh, some of those women that were unable to play, but made the trip sat alongside the main street hooligans as well. And it was fun to see them throwing the Frisbees around that the Flint city AFC team, uh, their, their promotions team handed out at the halftime uh, and being able to see the community environment come to life on an at an away game is something that i always think makes afc ann arbor stand out uh in this pre-professional sphere as well i i like a lot of uh the the notes you hit there because the players hanging out with the fans and then being amongst the the, the staff and everything where everything's everybody's together to support is uh one of the the the, the best things about supporting uh the game at this level and then going to away games with your friends and in mix of the staff and the, the players like I did on Sunday, I came along with the team to, to come see you guys in Ann Arbor. Um, we should know both teams, both women on Saturday and on Sunday, it was the USL debuts for both sides. Um, it, it seems wild to say that with the men's because uh, it was announced, you know, back before the 2020 season was canceled that you guys were going to be in the division in USL, but 
the debut didn't right. come until Sunday, and Saturday was the debut of the, that whole league, the USLW. So uh, uh, big steps taken, and then I guess we can talk about <laughs> about Sunday, the the worst uh, uh, score line in Oakland County FC history. But uh, it, it was uh, maybe the result of a, a big emotional burst on on on, your, on the host side of the ball. Absolutely, I think. You know, like you mentioned, that stat says it all where this being the the biggest scoreline for Oakland County FC history, it it's a te- it's a testament, you know, to the Oakland County side that, you know, it, it was a real it was still a real fight. I know the players will be happy with how they performed, but especially those first 30 minutes, it was a very hard fought battle. And I think the players really relished the AFC and Arbor players really relished in the challenge of trying to figure out how to play alongside one another and what each other's respective strengths were. And, you know, as I emphasized in, in that piece, the, the scoring of goals quickly and in rapid fire succession is nothing new to AFC and Arbor. Uh, Radazlani, this was his head coaching debut for the men, but he's been around since uh, Eric Rudlin took over. He was the real, or he was one of the architects of that 2018 defense that featured, of course, Joseph Okumu now at Ghent. Uh, in Belgium, playing in the Europa, Europa League next year. And his ability to not only organize a defense, but really speak to the players and direct them to to maximize their strengths is something that was definitely on full display in the defensive end. And, you know, when, when the attacking players are creating as many chances, whether it's down the wing or whether it's through the center of the, the park, uh, the goals will come and they surely did. Um, they sure did. Um, one, the, probably the, the, the pick of the lot was, uh, caught by, uh, Michigan soccer centrals, uh, Dan Garnell. He was on that. And, uh, I believe it was, uh, Sean Soga with the long range effort to hit the, the bottom right hand corner. Um, he seems like a very special player. Absolutely. Two goals and, assi- and an assist yesterday. And, you know, the fact that he played his high school ball in the area is just an added bonus, uh, he is an electric player in the midfield, and he really showed that with both of his goals. Uh, the one that you're referring to being an outstanding long-range solo effort, I believe it was the last one of the day. Um, but there was also his first goal as well, where he was just fed beautifully through. He played the offside trap perfectly, and it, it's a testament to the team and the midfield already. Uh, Hideyuki Ochi uh, fed him the assist on that first ball, and it was really a an excellent team effort and a team, a team goal, if you will. And, but of course that's nothing, that's not to take away from Soga's excellent positional awareness. And absolutely, like you mentioned, he's just one of several very, very impressive players that the men will have this year. Uh, going into the game uh, myself, I was curious. I mean, the big question mark, uh, AFC Ann Arbor hadn't fielded a team since 2019 and, at this level, you know, the, 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 the rosters on the team cycle through quick. So there, there wasn't any players um, that had a, a pre-pandemic connection as far as I'm aware. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Was there any player on the team that was there pre-pandemic? No, I don't believe so. You know, we have, funny enough, our uh, Lance McGrain is the, the brother of Ian McGrain, who played for us in uh, 2019, the, the last year pre-pandemic. But no, there there are plenty of local players, but by and large, this is a this is a group that has limited AFC and Arbor experience. Um, 
and and you know the the testament it's a real testament to rod and the coaching staff that they were all able to to blend together so quickly and so well uh especially you know as you well know players will continue to come in in the weeks and months to come or the weeks and days to come i should say uh it, it's it's always a changing landscape and it i i personally i know i'm excited and i know the entire team is excited to see how how each of the players continues to develop and change in each of their roles here in this AFC and Arbor side. I asked you that about uh, there being any players that kind of like bridge that gap to pre-pandemic, but I ask you, cause I know that you've been with the club and in uh, various roles this whole time from before when you were playing through two years with no uh, games on the field. And now, um, Walk us through that journey. I know you said it was beyond words this weekend, but you know, walk us through that that time uh, in, over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's just been incredible to see AFC and Arbor grow, and it's been able, and it's been incredible to see it grow from so close up. I think that, especially over the past couple of years, the or the the team's community work has just continued to to grow exponentially and in such quick fashion and you know it's why i mentioned blake Corum getting the bank of ann arbor uh community award and these events are very important to the team and they're very important to me and they're very important to the staff as well so being able to see to see uh to see it all happen over over the long and the short periods of time has been very cool. Uh, like you mentioned, I started in an official capacity in 2019 and being able to see, you know, that last year of uh, the NPSL ball for the men's side and the year of UWS soccer for the women. And now seeing seeing them, like you mentioned, the men's side had been set to join USL2 in 2020. But now after the long wait, being able to to really see the the fruits of the labor in regards to on pitch on pitch activity come to be, it's been very exciting for sure. Um, you know, I, I like you mentioned uh, being there since 2019. I think it certainly gives me a unique perspective in the sense that seeing I've been able to see the the core of the club and the heart of the club really remain the same. Uh, players will continue to come in and they'll go. To the professional ranks and you know some will return next year but the the continued support for each of those players is something that has never changed it it was there in 2019 and it remains there now uh and the the uh the ability to see that you know to still see that core there in the club is it's very special i think and it's it certainly has inspired joy, not just for me, but I know for many, many more all all this weekend. From the outside going into this season, um, I wasn't sure. Did the momentum of uh, the the club and the fan base and what they had Ann Arbor AFC Ann Arbor had previously built had that faded without having two seasons of action, or will they come back strong? And, uh, you know, try want it even more because it's been missing for so long. And I think at least at the at the first hurdle, it seems to be uh, the latter. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I certainly think it was the latter. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm always positive, arguably to a fault. But 
but certainly <laughs> this season, as the season run up has begun, things sort of felt they they felt like they were coming together. You know, you you could see the the momentum being gained, and at least for me personally, I almost instantly kind of realized that this was going to be a very exciting season full of you know quality people and quality players in the organization and it, like you mentioned it, it it is only the first hurdle but it was exciting to see that first hurdle cleared and but at the same time you know i know that the the staff and the coaches and the players think of it exactly the same way as just that only a first hurdle uh the momentum has to continue to be built upon and you know, every day that work continues in training and behind the scenes and making sure that AFC and Arbor ha- is a quality community soccer team off the field and on the field. Well, I was uh, impressed on Sunday. I mean, there was a palpable excitement um, beforehand and f- throughout the game. Um, so awesome first week for AFC and Arbor. What's coming up this next weekend? So on Friday, the men will be taking on Lansing City uh, in Lansing, and then the women will be traveling to Cincinnati to take on Kings Hammer. Uh, the women are, yes, Kings uh, Hammer, two, man, they're tough. Two very tricky ties, but it, it's very exciting, I think, for the women and this side to get one of those early big away trips uh, out of the way and let it serve as sort of a measuring stick. Well, exciting times ahead. Uh, I'll be out with uh, OCFC in Kalamazoo and then uh, welcoming you guys into uh, Royal Oak Stadium when AFC and Arbor travels to visit us for our home and op- home opener on the 25th. Um, so we'll see how two weeks of training and a uh, and a game in between. We'll see how uh, how uh, we match up in uh, on the 21st. Absolutely. I'll be looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan Makuch, Director of Media at AFC and Arbor. Thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you again, Robert. The LaRouge Report following the U.S. Open Cup round of 32 at Keyworth Stadium between Detroit City FC and Louisville City. And Detroit City FC goes out at this stage, losing 4-2 on penalty kicks after 1-1 draw through regular time and extra time. Detroit City FC pushes uh, one of the uh, the top team in the USL Championship to the brink, but ultimately fell in the penalty shootout. Uh, Reese Williams having his penalty kick saved, and then Captain Steve Carroll putting his just over the bar. Ended the night a spectacular evening in Hamtramck. Over 6,800 fans in attendance. It was Really a night to remember, even though the result uh, didn't go Detroit's way. A truly epic Tuesday night, uh, even though there was a five-minute silence 
uh, supporters uh, like a protest at the beginning of the match. But uh, throughout the game, they were boisterous, and it really was a special night at Keyworth Stadium. The roar from the Northern Guard to encourage their tired and kind of a uh, you know deadlock team. It was going into the second overtime. And just an absolute roar came from the Northern Guard. And I thought that might push the team to get a late extra time winner. But it was not to be. It went to penalty kicks where Detroit City FC ultimately ended their uh, real, uh, you know, magical, sparkling Open Cup run um, comes to an end. Um, the following week got a little bit of audio. We got pool reporter questions and I got my questions in with Captain Steve Carroll and uh, head coach and general manager uh, Trevor James here on the Michigan Soccer Center podcast. against the league's best. I mean, that's got to fill you with some confidence. I know it hurts to say, but I mean, for most parts, the same better team than Detroit City FC tonight. Uh, yeah, it's a, it was definitely a great game between two two very good teams. Uh, I know they're top. They're up there. Um, we put up against them and made it difficult for them. And, and you know, that's just who we are. We make it difficult for everyone. Uh, even when we lose, we still make it difficult for people. So, you know, I, I feel like we got their respect after this game. And, you know, we'll see them in a couple of weeks for Obviously, you know, a historic run in the U.S. Open Cup. Just talk us through, you know, the belief the last couple of weeks after beating the crew, after beating the Stars, coming into this one. What's it been like, you know, just knowing the magic of the Cup is out there? Yeah, everyone loves it. Every game is a Cup final. You know, everyone loves to play for for it all. Um, you know, it's just a different kind of energy, different field than just a regular league game. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's great playing the Cup games, and I wish there was more of them. Does a game like this kind of give you confidence as the season goes on? Obviously, they set a corner on the top of the Eastern Conference table. They're going to be a team that you're going to have to get through if you want to make some noise in the postseason this year. Uh, yeah, I, it obviously fills us with some bit of confidence. Um, you know, but cup games, anything can happen. You know, league, league play is a lot different, so we just have to wait and see when the games come and how we are at that point of the league and at that point of the season. So, but yeah, if, if we're fully fit, we've got to, uh, everyone back uh, from injuries. I don't see why we can't push push them to the, the limits. Were you made aware of the uh, the protest that was going to kind of happen here tonight? How would you describe the atmosphere for the first five minutes? Um, I would say strange, but you know everyone was you know hyping each other up on the field and in the locker room. So we kind of tried to get ourselves up uh, mentally as, as much as we could our own. Um, but yeah, we were just focused on it. Uh, then when the five minutes came in, we definitely heard it come in. So many kind of injuries to this team, you know, knowing that you guys fought through that and still made this one heck of a game and you've been able to play well with so many guys out, you know, Otto, Matt Lewis. You know, what does that do for a group's confidence going forward? Uh, confidence, it's it's good. It just means that we, we have a lot of hard work ahead of us because of those injuries. They're key players, um, you know, so once they're gone, it's 
was really tough to replace. And Mingle in, I know Mike, Mike played match position tonight, and he was fantastic from the start. Um, but you know, it's it's tough to have uh, someone to fill into that kind of role and uh, consistently do it. So we just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, you made it the farthest Detroit City FC has made it in this competition. Um, you beat a local rival, you beat a Division One side, and now you pushed one of the cream of the crop in your league all the way. What can you say? You got almost 7,000 people out here on a Tuesday. Uh, do you feel like you've inspired this group, and can you tell us about the journey in this competition? Yeah, I mean, obviously beating the Columbus crew in the last round was massive. Uh, no one in probably soccer expected us to do that, especially coming back from 1-0 down at halftime. So, you know, it's the magic of the cup, like they always say. It's, it's not a cliche. It does it does work in that sense. Um, so we're just happy to, you know, give it everything. You know, and the result is what it is. Uh, we feel like we deserve more of it. Um, but, you know, that's football for you. How about that roar at the, the, the beginning of the second period of overtime? The Northern Guard gave you an extra roar. Uh, did that give you a little bit of a tingle, a little bit of a boost when everyone was tired? Yeah, we, we fully thought in the second half of the extra time that we were going to push on and win it. But, you know, tired legs at the end of it. We were, we were playing a difficult strategy today, but, like, everyone pushed through to the end. But you can't, you can't ask for people's best, and I feel like everyone gave their best today. So moving forward, you push them to the limit. How does this, uh, are we tired moving into the next game or are you just even more energized to, to keep on proving uh, opponents wrong? I mean, it's Detroit. We always have to prove someone wrong at the end of the day. Uh, there's a slogan, Detroit versus everybody, and it seems to be every week everyone wants to beat us and then come into this league being newbies and stuff like that. Uh, no one expects us to do anything and we're just steamrolling through people and, you know, making this uh, league, uh, just mixing up with this league. So... People don't expect much out of us until they play us, and then, then it, you know, we just got to prove them wrong at the end of the day. Thank you. You're good. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you so much. Man. Thanks, Stephen. Trevor, 120 minutes against the, one of the best teams in the USL Championship. The boys late left everything out there. What can you say about their willingness and drive to keep going even through extra time? Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, I'd say they probably are the best team in the USL right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unbelievable effort. I mean, we've come come back from a you know a tough game in the in some heat in Tulsa, and then um, straight round to play this, and obviously to, to go into extra time and so on. Phenomenal effort from the players, and uh, as I say, just disappointed for them that they, they didn't cross the line at the end. But, but you know, you can't can't find fault in the performance at all. And you know, you mentioned the performance dominated possession, had more shots, more shots on goal. What does that say about the quality in your squad that you can go toe to toe with a team like this? With such a thin bench, too, though. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it says everything, doesn't it? I mean, we've got we've got some quality players here. You know, it's we see it week in, week out, and, and other teams are finding it now as we as we play more teams. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a little bit more obvious for for other people to see. But as I said, we still need to compete. We still need to work as hard as we did tonight. And, and, and without working as hard as that, then the results are always different. So we've got to make sure we keep into the good habits of working very hard. Uh, and then, uh, you know, our quality will show through, which it did tonight, I thought. A historic run in the U.S. Open Cup, obviously, beat the crew, you know, got to this point. What can you say about the, the cut magic that you witnessed in the locker room over the last couple of days in training, over the last couple of weeks, and, and how we got to here in the round of 32? Yeah. No, it's been great. I mean, obviously, the excitement of the boys have been very excited, obviously, through the build-up to this game. Um, you know, they're obviously disappointed in what happened on Saturday, um, but they bounced back straight away, and we're very excited about um, playing Louisville. So... We knew it was going to be a really tough game, and 
you know, no tougher than the, you know, as tough as the crew. So we knew we were going to be in for that sort of thing. But they've been they've been looking forward to it for a while since since the crew game. So uh, they'll be disappointed tonight and tomorrow and for the next couple of days. But they'll bounce back because we've got another game on Saturday. Uh, both sides of the stadium were loud and electric tonight. Um, how does that help the players when you have to tell them 30 more minutes? You know, you can sit in 30 minutes. You know, how does that help from the fans really push them on and, and, and help them keep playing? It's massive. I mean, it's massive. I mean, we, you know, it's the, you know, the advantage of playing here at Keyworth and having, having the, the close confines of, of the stadium and having the, the support, the noise from all around the stadium. It's massive for us. I mean, and, uh, you know, everybody says it's a 12th man. It really is for us. We really, it makes a, a, a massive difference for us. I'm all set with my questions. you guys have anything? Can you just take us through this last week and a half and the difficulty of preparing for a match with this high of stakes against a team of, of that caliber, you know, knowing that you're nursing guys back to health, Antoine, Maxi, Pato, uh, and then you lose Matt Lewis on Saturday. What was the difficulty like in preparing for this one? Yeah, it was difficult because we didn't know if, if um, Maxi... Pato and Antoine were going to be available so after the game on Saturday it was we weren't really sure of where we would be tonight so in the last day or so we've, we've had to piece it together um, but I thought all three of them did great tonight so you know they got through there I mean, to play 120 minutes for a couple of them was more than I was looking to do but uh, but as I said it, it, it's been you know wait until the last moment until we could put the, the strongest team on the field that we thought we had and uh, to try to win the game and, and as I said, we just uh, we did that and just fell short with the penalty kick. Obviously, you said you know the guys are going to be disappointed tonight, but what do you take away from from a run like this, knowing that you've kind of been in these dogfights? Does that make you stronger as the season goes on? Yeah, it does. It does because you, you know you, you look for you look for positives in, in every performance, and, and, and you have to take positives uh, from defeats. You know, and this is a penalty kick defeat. And Saturday was a, a different sort of result, different sort of loss. So you have to take you have to take things from it. So yeah, you got to remember what it feels like a little bit, and remember what work you put in in the games uh, to try to to repeat the good things and, uh, and obviously have a better feeling at the end of it. Uh, did the guys uh, feel and understand that they've kind of? Uh uh, excited this city for this team in another way with this cup run. I mean, we've got local television and radio personalities as well as the, the local newspapers. What can you say about what this cup's run done to uh, the attention here locally? Ah, it's been great. I mean, and they're, they're aware of it. I mean, they've obviously done more media in the last three or four weeks than they've, they've done uh, in all their lifetime. So uh, they're, they're aware of what, it's, what it means to the city and what interest there is in the city. And that'll hit them, and, and they'll be disappointed because they wanted to take it on again. Because you know they know what it how it affected the as you say um, media and and fans and everybody they know, um, and they wanted to take it further. So they'll be disappointed that they couldn't just get past that hurdle tonight. Uh, we're just coming out of the end of it, but what are some of the the moments you can pick from this run so far? Um, I, I, I mean, obviously the you know the two the two goals, Maxi Rodriguez goals against the crew was. Um, um, special, you know, to the, the, the header that he scored, the first goal that he scored in that game was special. Um, so that's a big moment for us. Um, the game before that, when we, we absolutely dominated a team and, and, and couldn't find it very difficult to score until we until we got three very quick goals. So things like that, you know, you dominate games and you learn from them because you don't create chances or you don't take the chances. So they're memorable things that, you, you know, that'll stick with me anyway. 
Uh, obviously, the players have invested a lot of time and energy and excitement on this. Um, you said they might be feeling it for a couple days. Uh, how do we turn this around for a league game at the weekend? Well, we have to do our best. Obviously, to, tomorrow will be a rest day for them, so they'll deserve that. And then uh, we're back in on Thursday and we'll assess to see where everybody's fitness levels are. Um, they one or two niggles uh, uh, towards the end of the game that we had to play through. Um, so we'll hopefully they won't flare up and make anything bigger than than it is already. So, um, but we'll see. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll assess everybody on Thursday and and see what the lineup looks like and see what the roster looks like and and then we'll make a game plan to get ready for Saturday. Thank you, coach. No, you're welcome.